0: My name is Leah Spector, and I'm the Senior Brand Manager at Big Commerce. I'm so excited to be here today with John Maris, CEO of Solo Stove, one of my absolute favorite Big Commerce merchants. John, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you, Leah. It's great to be here.
0: Solo Stove is an outdoor sporting goods company known for its simple yet ingenious products. They're most widely known for the smokeless portable outdoor fire pit, and today has expanded to a full line of outdoor stoves and cooking gear. Today, we get to take an inside look at SoloStove's journey from an e-commerce darling to a global enterprise brand and look at how they succeeded selling online with big commerce. I could go on and on about how the brand has forged the way as a category leader from its products to sustainability efforts to marketing initiatives. So let's dive in. Solo Stove started as a digitally native D2C brand back in the early days of e-commerce. Now as a public company, the Solo brand's ticker symbol is actually D2C Really speaking of how deep Solo Stove's D2C roots remain at its core. John, having been with Solo Stove since the early days, could you give our attendees a quick inside look into Solo Stove's beginnings as a digitally native D2C brand?
1: Yeah, for sure. So the, the business was founded by two brothers, Spencer and Jeff Jan, who are phenomenal entrepreneurs, but most importantly, as it pertains to the context that we're talking about, phenomenal e-commerce uh, entrepreneurs they fell in love with e-commerce in the late 2000s. So um, this is kind of early, early days, you know, before Amazon had prime before, you know, so much of kind of everything that we all know as, as kind of every day with e-commerce and their, their whole focus was around a deep connection to customers. What they loved about e-commerce was that rather than a more traditional selling through retailers, You could build one-to-one relationships with your customers, which allowed you to get an immediate feedback loop on what was working, what wasn't working. And uh, that really is still deeply embedded in our core DNA is this desire to be strongly connected to our customers. D2C allows us to do that. It allows us to um, get feedback on not just products, but how the experience is whenever they call in, what it's like to unpackage our product whenever they get it for the first time, to use the product what products they'd love to see us do next. Um, And so there's just so much benefit that comes from a direct to consumer business because it truly is direct to the consumer. It's this direct connection.
0: That's so smart and insightful of the founders to get in early days of D2C and e-commerce and now how e-commerce and D2C have changed so much is really inspiring to see from the brand.
1: Spencer and Jeff actually fell in love with e-commerce and then they were like, what could we sell in e-commerce? Solo Stove was not the first product they came up with. They tried all kinds of products like dog seat covers and um, grow lights and garden gnomes and hammocks. And ultimately, they landed on stoves. They were lightweight, they were durable, so they wouldn't get crushed in shipping. And it was a category that they were passionate about. They had grown up as kids um, camping a lot as a family and spending time outdoors. And uh, so they started tinkering in the garage, poking holes and cans, putting them together and ultimately came up with the idea of the solo stove, which was the idea being a stove that would boil water in less than eight minutes that weighed only four ounces that you could use just twigs and sticks and leaves when you were out hiking. And uh, they were able to accomplish, you know, designing that product and getting it live. And um, from the very beginning, it was it was an e-commerce business um, with that single product. And then over time, again, listening to customers that product line evolved. And uh, eventually in 2016, customers um, came to them and said, You know, fire is awesome. These stoves are incredible. The only thing cooler than, uh, than these stoves would be bigger ones. And, uh, and Spencer and Jeff um, endeavored to, to go figure out if, if that were the case. And so they, they went and designed the Bonfire Fire Pit, which still today is our top selling SKU, which is just a bigger version of that original Solar Stove Light and uh, we launched it on Kickstarter in the fall of 2016. And within three months, it became the top selling SKU.
0: Wow. Imagine if you had stuck with Garden Gnomes, It'd be a different business. It'd
1: be so <laughs> awesome, but not as cool as Solo Stove.
0: What were three key factors that contributed to Solo Stove being able to successfully scale from a mid-market business to a global enterprise brand?
1: Yeah, I've talked a lot about listening to the customer. That obviously is a core tenant at Solo Stove. But if I were to narrow down to three things that maybe have helped us do that and do it bigger and better, um, the three things that I would probably hone in on would be first, a focus on building a world-class team. We've scaled since 2018 from seven employees to well over 200 employees. And so we've just added a lot of bodies. And um, our team has just stepped up to the plate and done a phenomenal job again at listening to the customer and responding to their needs the second one is speed we've always had this desire and this culture inside of solo Stuff to move fast to iterate often um, and when you do that when you move fast you learn faster you make mistakes faster which allow you to get to the things that you're doing right faster so speed is really important to us and then the last one is Really important to SoloStove has been insourcing anything and everything that we found that we were outsourcing that impacted the customer experience. The two that I'll specifically focus on are first that for the longest time, like most e-commerce brands, we were using 3PLs or third party logistics companies to do our warehousing and fulfillment. Today, we have nearly a million square feet across the globe that allow us to fulfill orders for our customers the same day they come on our site and we do that with over 99.5% accuracy and on-time delivery. It's a huge unlock. We endeavored, when we endeavored to do that, we thought that it would cost us a ton of money. The biggest unlock of all is not only did we deliver a better customer experience, but we actually did it for a lower cost than what it was costing us to use a 3PL. The second thing that we've insourced is marketing. We were using lots of agencies and we saw this this opportunity for us to insource a lot of our marketing execution, which would allow us then to control the content, the speed, the iterating around getting that content live and then being able to react to what was going on with the customers even faster. Those two things of of this insource strategy that we've had has been relentless uh, for us uh, since we began and has been really important as we've scaled to an enterprise business
0: bringing your fulfillment in-house, your marketing teams in-house. That's a great example of you know all being rallied around one goal and being able to go faster, further, faster.
1: Yeah, all, all with that core mission of delivering a world-class customer experience.
0: How did bringing fulfillment in-house change your business?
1: You know, I talked about bringing both warehousing and fulfillment as well as marketing and really trying to insource as much as possible. And we talked a lot about how that benefits the customer. What we didn't talk about is how that control allows you to scale whenever growth comes. We've grown tremendously since 2018 from you know, roughly 16 million in revenue to over 300 million of revenue. And that type of growth can cripple a business. I believe that the reason it didn't cripple SoloStove is because we had insourced our warehousing and fulfillment and insourced our marketing execution, which allowed us to scale faster. So today we've been able to move from just a fulfillment center in Dallas to Pennsylvania, to Salt Lake City, to Toronto, to Rotterdam, soon to be uh, Australia, and and also to Mexico. So we've been able to scale very rapidly and take care of our customers despite that growth uh, and still deliver an amazing experience.
0: Yeah, agility is crucial today, you know, now more than ever. I also love hearing you talk about your relentless, you know, focus on the customer. Sometimes people say that and you don't know what they're talking about or if it's vague, but referrals, word of mouth is the most powerful marketing and it's free. So, you know, if you're building a great product and giving a great experience, you can only go up from there. Um, So speaking of, you know, word of mouth and referral, social media can be pretty closely related to that. How has an omnichannel strategy across digital marketplaces, social channels, and even big box retail partnerships played into the success of the brand's expansion to a global enterprise?
1: Yeah, in today's world, customers are everywhere, right? Um, they're not just shopping on their site, they're spending countless hours on social media. Many customers have, are drawn towards marketplace, just as their first go-to, almost like a search engine. And so where, where we've really thought about um, wanting to be is where our customers are. And I've talked about this quite a bit when I've talked about just listening to the customers. Some of listening to the customers is listening to their voice, but some of listening to the customers is just watching where they are. They're telling you what to do through their behavior. And so we've seen that with marketplaces as an example, there's some customers that just want to buy from a trusted marketplace. And so that's their first place to go. We want to be there whenever they're ready to shop. Some people want the convenience of scrolling through social media and clicking a button and having a one-click type buy experience. And, you know, fortunately with our partnership with BigCommerce, we've been able to tie those channels together so that it feels very seamless for our customers, whether they're shopping on solostove.com or they happen to be shopping through, um, you know, one of the social platforms or a marketplace.
0: So, how has the combination of selling online and working with big box retailers played into your overall success as an enterprise brand?
1: We want to be where our customers want us to be. The reality is, is that D 2 C or direct commerce online is awesome. It's amazing. It's convenient. It's easy. It's cheaper generally for the customer because it cuts out the middleman. But the reality is, is that sometimes customers want to walk over to the store. Browse the aisle, touch and feel and see the product. And most importantly, they want to walk out with it that day in that moment so they can go. And for for us, you know, take their solo stove for a birthday party or for a, a wedding or a get together with their friends. We've continuously listened to our customers. And when they tell us, man, I just wish that I could go over to. X, Y, Z retailer and pick up the product today. Um, the next thing you'd see us doing is picking up the phone and calling that retailer and saying, what would it take to get our products on your shelves? Where that translates, even on the reverse is retailers calling us and saying, we have customers coming into the store and asking us about solo stove and where it is on the shelves. And that's led to really, really good conversations and deep partnerships with, with great retailers. So in all, all roads, you're going to find for solo stove lead back to listening to our customers.
0: How has SoloStove leveraged BigCommerce's features to continue to scale your D2C business in the enterprise space?
1: I've loved BigCommerce um, since I joined the business. Uh, What a lot of people don't know about SoloStove is that BigCommerce is actually the only platform we've ever been on. Uh, We started on BigCommerce in 2010, 2011, when it was really early days, and we've stayed on BigCommerce. And what I've loved about the platform is that BC was the right solution for us when we were brand new, like when we were tiny. And it continues to be the best solution when we're, you know, last year, you know, north of 300 million of revenue just in the solo stove business. it's been amazing to watch as we've scaled and big commerce has scaled, kind of how those have have worked and, and been a, a really cool symbiotic relationship. What I always say, um, and and we've evaluated, by the way, lots of platforms along the way, to try to figure out what is the best solution at each stage of our business. But what I love to say about BigCommerce is to me, it's the this perfect balance of being easy and scalable and flexible with kind of what we need at the time, but being complex enough that when you grow, it, it feels very enterprise. So you kind of get the best of both worlds. You get the plug and play, simple. You don't have to be super tech savvy to get a BC site up and running. But on the flip side of that, when you start scaling and you get big and you need robust features, Big Commerce is there to help you. So it's been just this great balance for us through every stage of, of, of our growth.
0: I know our product teams will be so happy to hear that because they work really hard to help businesses like Stove stay agile, right? And that's really the name of the game. So thank you for sharing that. Um, did you want to talk at all about how you're using things like Headless Commerce now or Multi-Storefront?
1: Yeah, you know we're we're just on the front end of that. Uh, I'd say that our our digital marketing teams are probably much better situated to talk about the granularity of of the importance of of headless and and some of the other more robust tools that we're exploring. But I I guess what I will say specifically is again going back to the customer. What our desire is at SoloStove is to have the best digital product in the world. Like we want the customer experience to be that good. So when even they're shopping, forget about using the product, forget about, you know, how they feel about the brand and their affinity to the brand or their experience with customer service when they call in and how awesome that can be. Imagine a brand that actually is gaining affinity from its customers because they're so blown away with the shopping experience. Like that's what we're after. And we believe that, the headless tools that we're plugging into now and some of the other tools that, that we're exploring uh, with big commerce are going to allow us to deliver that you know as much as our customers love the solo stove products you know there's definitely a group of people inside of solo stove that are specifically responsible for our digital product right our website being such an important product in fact they would probably tell you that the most important product at solo stove is our website. Um, And as much as as we love the rest of our products, we see a world in the future where customers are actually drawn to the brand because the digital product is just that good.
0: Yeah, this stuff really matters, especially in such a crowded space, you have to stand out and offer just a great experience online as retail shops or in your showroom, so that's great. You know, playing in the enterprise space really unlocks new opportunities for brands, especially when it comes to marketing. From a marketing perspective, how do you continue to drive growth as an enterprise brand while staying true to your core values?
1: You listen to your customers. Isn't this getting easy? Like, do We can just say the same thing every time. But no, in, in, in all sincerity, uh, you listen to your customers and you respond to their needs. You mentioned it earlier, but referral business is free. It's free marketing. And that's been a, a core tenant for SoloStove is leaning hard on listening to the customers and responding to their needs, knowing that if they're out evangelizing our products for us and our brands for us with their friends and family, that that's going to continue to drive growth even as you grow to an enterprise level. So as your growth happens, you have a bigger base of customers. And if that base of customers is out evangelizing your product and sharing it with their friends and family at a higher rate, then ultimately you're going to be able to drive significant growth even when the numbers that you're growing off of are getting bigger and bigger. And so, you know, generally kind of, uh, understood or, or the stereotype is the bigger you get, the harder it is to grow. Um, it actually gets easier because your customer base is just growing with you and then they're out helping you sell the product.
0: Absolutely. You know, word of mouth, referral, that's all free and beautiful. What's not free are some new and exciting channels that you all have been playing in. I've seen you on primetime commercials. Just the other day, I heard Conan O'Brien going on and on about how awesome Solo Stove is on his podcast. It didn't feel like an ad. It felt really natural and organic. Um, I'd love to hear a little more about how y'all have been experimenting with some of these new, really top of funnel, you know, big deal channels.
1: Yeah, one of the things that we has been like a, a core in our core DNA from the beginning is a desire to just be, always be iterating. We are constantly trying new stuff and it's, you know, marketing has been no exception, but it's in everywhere in the business and with marketing in particular, there's just channels that pop up all the time that are that are new and up and coming. 10 years ago, it was Facebook and You know, it was the wild, wild west back then. Obviously, Facebook's matured a lot and a lot's changed. And now new channels have picked up um, podcasts, linear TV, over-the-top TV, ROTT, as a lot of people hear it. Um, TikTok, you know, it's starting to become a little bit more mainstream. But all of these channels are very measurable. They're easy to dip your toe into. And you can very quickly figure out whether or not there are new audiences for you to find. Uh, We approach all of them with the same that same approach or viewpoint that we have from the beginning, which is to try them out, iterate within them, try to then kind of optimize what you're, what you're doing within those channels and lean into the ones that are working and peel back from the ones that aren't. And um, so while our business in the past, you know, has levered heavily certain channels, um, one of the things that you'll know about uh, us if you look into it or you dig into our business or if you came internally, as you would see, that it's evolved every year, almost almost all the time, and again, it goes back to this original question you had around what's the power of direct to consumer, especially as you're trying to scale a business. And the power is is that it allows you to iterate faster, um, because you're the one in control of what's going on with those channels. We've in sourced most of our marketing execution, which allows us to even iterate even faster than you would otherwise, um, leveraging outside agencies. So it's been um, it's it's been a, a winning formula for us.
0: One brand value that I think resonates with a lot of people is your create good initiative. Do you want to talk a little bit about how sustainability is really at the core of solo stove?
1: Yeah. From the beginning reconnect to what matters most is kind of been this tagline that's really stuck with us. And over time it's kind of evolved and we've had a lot of dialogue internally during the pandemic. We, t- we, we coined this term create good. And the whole idea behind create good was everything that we do We want to inspire people to do their version of good. We didn't want to polarize and and say, this is what good looks like. We wanted you to decide as the customer, what good was. And, and that's been, that's been at the heart of really our focus since the beginning, right? Since we very first started, there's something just beautiful about sitting around a fire with friends and family, or even by yourself in nature and just having a moment. A moment of connection with nature, or with a friend, or with a family member, that expanded over the last few years to us really wanting to lean into things that were that we were passionate about that we wanted to help with, and it's evolved from allowing people to nominate their favorite teacher on Back to School Week or their favorite. Service person, you know, around July Fourth and Memorial Day, or their mom on Mother's Day, or their dad on Father's Day. Um, there's been so many moments where we've allowed customers to just nominate people, and we've created good that way by inspiring people uh, in in what their their calling is in life. Uh, we've gotten passionate around um, helping. Um, bedless children, believe it or not, very similar to homelessness. There's a crisis in, in America around bedlessness, children that are sleeping on floors. And so we've leaned into that and and wanted to do good around helping kids find a bed to sleep in. Most recently, something that we're really proud of is um, is joining 1% for the planet. We've pledged one percent of our revenue uh, across the company towards causes that are near and dear to our hearts. Um, the cool thing with our platform in particular is you mentioned that we have multiple brands not just solo stove and each brand is able to kind of pick their their causes that are, that that are meaningful to the brand for solo stove reforestation has been a big one um customers burn burn wood in our stoves and and we recognize that and and we've set a goal to plant more trees than our than our fire pits consume and um and that's been super meaningful both to to me and our executive team but also to the rest of our staff so um, sustainability continues to be really important to us. We obviously manufacture products that are fully recyclable, um, which is which is also important to us.
0: That's such a smart connection to plant more trees than selling stoves. So we did better than you found it, right? Love that.
1: Exactly. Totally.
0: What strategies contributed to your success overall during the holiday season? Or what advice do you have for merchants as they prepare for the upcoming holiday season?
1: I think I would share two things specific to the way that we approach the holidays. The first one is that January 2nd, the day after New Year's Day, is when we start preparing for the holidays. Everything that we do for the entire year is built up around preparing for the last six weeks of the year. And we're already talking, creating content, um, building the funnel, growing our list starting on January 2nd, all to get ready for that moment, uh, our Super Bowl, as we like to call it internally. And so I think it's important for brands that maybe aren't seeing as good of performance as they would hope during the holidays to understand this isn't something that you just like show up for a month before or even a couple of months before with some planning. You really should be leaning into it all year long. That's when customers are in buying mode. Um, and that's, that's uh, when you have an opportunity to really, to really pile it on. I think the second thing that I would say is that you need to be focused around having a lot of customers in the top of the funnel when that time comes so that you have the opportunity to close those customers, to convert those customers or those prospects to customers. We take all kinds of measures and it kind of goes back to preparing from January 2nd all through the, through the year, but we take all kinds of measures throughout the year focused around list growth and funnel growth leading up to the, the last couple of weeks of November. Just as an, as an example, as we talk about filling the funnel and getting ready for the holidays, we've done campaigns, um, content campaigns where we've just generated valuable content that we thought our customers would love and giving it away to them for free. So think like DIY project um, plans, so that you could go and build a picnic table in your backyard or cornhole boards or garden boxes, and just giving them to customers in exchange for them providing an email address to us. When the time comes, which is generally during the holidays, is the first time those customers will see a solicitation from us to actually purchase a soul stuff product. So we're, we're just focused around all of these efforts throughout the year to prepare for that holiday season. And and those are the two things I would say is one be focused on it way earlier than you think all year long, you should be preparing for the holidays. And then number two, be focused on, on generating list growth or audience growth throughout the year, especially in the months leading up to it without necessarily trying to sell them product so that when the time has come, there isn't fatigue there with your, with your prospects and you have the opportunity to convert them to customers.
0: That's so important to just the idea of building your funnel, providing value all year, and then not really asking for purchase until it's it's Super Bowl time. What investments is Soloswift currently making to prepare for the next five years of digital advancements?
1: We have three main focuses right now for investment. Um, The first one is in international growth. We see a big opportunity internationally. Generally, the rest of the world kind of lags behind the U.S. as it pertains to, to digital um, you know, online shopping and, and, and digital commerce, and we're seeing in our international expansion efforts that this is playing playing out. There is um, there's an appetite right now for expansion internationally, and we're excited about that. The second focus for us has been around product innovation and acceleration of product uh, innovation. If you listen to your customers well you'll find that they're never satisfied one of the things that i've loved uh, in studying and reading uh, a lot of the 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 things that jeff bezos has written is that he he says that the one thing that you can always count on with customers is that they're never satisfied they're always critical and no matter how good you do there's always something more you should be doing and we have found that product innovation is a great place to invest dollars to continue to have something relevant to bring to our customers And then the last one that may be the most relevant to this audience is specific to data investments. There in direct-to-consumer is so much data, so much accessibility to data. The problem is, is that most brands either aren't using it because they don't know how or aren't using it because they haven't made the investments to ingest it and then figure out how to manipulate the data to then go back out and, and drive more efficient marketing. We're making significant investments right now to bring our data together, ingest it, and then output it in a way that we can leverage it for, for efficient digital marketing and to reach those audiences um, that we're looking to reach to grow, to grow our customer base. So those three are really important to us right now. And we'll, we'll continue to be focused on international um uh sorry international acceleration of product innovation and data
0: john this has been a wonderful interview i think we're already on to our last question even though i could ask you so many more (laughs) for any other outdoor or sporting good merchants who may already have an established retail presence what's one area you would encourage them to invest in in their d2c experience
1: yeah we love our retail partners they they provide an experience to customers that we can't provide. But I think the, the advice that I would give around digital in particular is just get started. Start somewhere. It doesn't have to be competing with retail. I think some of, some of the times that I'm talking to other um, outdoor brands that are struggling with this or don't have a strong digital presence and they're asking me this same advice, they're really concerned generally on a, on, uh, as a whole, as a group, it's very consistent. They're concerned about disrupting or, or upsetting their retail partners. And I would just say that a rising tide lifts all ships is what we've seen. Our retail partners are growing every year, even though we have a very strong digital presence online and while it might feel competing. There's actually a place for both. Sometimes customers are looking for convenience and they're looking to shop online and get it delivered to their home. And sometimes they want to go in store, they want to walk the aisles, they want to touch and feel, as I talked about earlier. So if you're nervous about that, I just say, just get started. And it's okay to have open dialogue too with your retail partners and let them know, Hey, this is what we're trying to accomplish. And we believe by driving brand awareness online that we're going to drive awareness back to your stores as well. I think that um, there's a really healthy balance that can be that can be struck between a retail, digital, digital direct to consumer.
0: Absolutely, and you can use your data and what you've learned about your customer from your e-commerce operations, and inform what you do in retail.
1: That's such a great point. We've been able to go to many of our retailers and help them forecast by store, by region, based on what we're seeing online, so we can go and help a new retail partner know, hey, you should put more inventory, for instance, up in the Northwest, because we're seeing really strong sell-through right now in the Seattle area or in Portland or you know other areas around the country. So there is a re- that's, that's super insightful for you to call out. There is this data component that you can share with retailers, and that's been very successful for us.
0: Thank you again for joining us today john you shared so many valuable insights that i know our audience is going to love thank you for those tuning in be sure to check out more make it big sessions and share what you've learned on social and tag us at bigcommerce